This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. How many of you, if I said open up your Bibles to the book of Habakkuk, you would open right there to it? It's already marked, you're ready to go. Probably not, right? It is Habakkuk is a small book of the Bible. Um, it is a book of the Bible that we've not necessarily, it's not like a, a popular book of the Bible per se, um, as far as preaching through it and teaching through it. Um, but it's an important book of the Bible. Um, a very important book of the Bible. If you want to go ahead and start trying to find it in your Bible, by the time I get done with my 10-minute introduction, you may have found it. And uh, then you will be ready, uh, once we start reading it, uh, you'll be ready uh, for it. But this series will be unlike any other series that I've done um, here at our church. And we've, we've preached through several books of the Bible. I usually take the books and I will literally go verse by verse through the books of the Bible. And this one, we will uh, handle every portion of this but we're not going to necessarily dig deep into the text. Um, this book is given a little bit more to the theme. And we're going to really highlight the theme um, of the book of Habakkuk. It's a small book, but a powerful uh, book. And I believe that what it has to say uh, to us and for us uh, will be beneficial. But to understand the entire concept of the book, we must understand some foundational truths about Habakkuk himself. Habakkuk was a minor prophet. This is part of the many uh, smaller books of the Old Testament, right? Um, and just because he's a minor prophet does not mean like he's not an important prophet. Um, it's not like, oh, he's in the minor leagues and maybe one day he'll get into the majors, right? That's uh, important. It is an important book of the Bible. About 120 years before Habakkuk, uh, the, the time that he pens this, the northern kingdom had been destroyed, and it looked like the southern kingdom, Judah, was also in a world of trouble. This chaotic time occurred approximately 600 years before Christ, and so this would have been about 200 years before the, the finality of the Old Testament. Habakkuk, unlike, unlike most prophets, uh, did not uh, speak to the people on behalf of God, especially the Old Testament. Oftentimes is what prophets did. They would hear from the Lord and then they would address God's people. But different, Habakkuk actually, uh, on the flip side, he actually spoke to God on behalf of the people. Uh, he saw all the distress and the chaos that was surrounding the nation of Judah. And for lack of a better word, Habakkuk challenges God. He challenges God. And his name, Habakkuk, the name is very significant as we walk through this book of the Bible. His name literally means to embrace. You need to remember that. His name means to embrace, but there's a deeper meaning to that word embrace. It has a secondary or a sub-meaning, another layer of the meaning that also means to wrestle. And I want you to think about that. The name Habakkuk literally means to wrestle and embrace. Those are seemingly opposites, but that is the tension and the turmoil that Habakkuk is walking through. It is, it is epitomized in his name. To wrestle and to embrace, and much of the 
the, this book will cover that tension and the complexity of what it means to embrace, but while you're embracing, to wrestle. A statement that you'll hear me say often throughout this series, and one that I hope you'll take with you and allow to speak to you today, is this quote. Habakkuk had enough doubt to wrestle, but he had enough belief to embrace. I want you to listen to that statement. Habakkuk had enough doubt to wrestle, but he had enough belief to embrace. We will walk through this book. I will warn you this morning that this is not a roses and fairies skipping through the lily pads uh, series. This is not a series where you go home and you're like, boy, that, was, that just made me feel so good. And we need those every now and then. Those aren't bad, but that's not what this series is going to be. The goal of this series is not honestly to pump you up to where you think you're going to go out and take on the world. And there will be series that are like that. But for right now, this series will address those that I know sit in this room. Those that life isn't all fairies and butterflies right now. Those of you that life does look bleak in areas around you. If life is perfect for you right now, then you will probably leave here today saying that didn't really apply to me. And let me say, you're right, but can I add two words on the end of what you just said? That doesn't apply to you right now. Right now. This series is for those who are struggling, really struggling. Life has punched you squarely in the face, and you honestly have not been able to regroup spiritually. Maybe you've received some bad news from a doctor and it's a medical condition. Maybe you're dealing with a long-term issue similar to maybe Paul's thorn in the flesh that you might, may very well struggle with the rest of your life. Maybe your setback that you're facing is a financial setback and needs that you never thought, that you, a situation you never thought you'd be in right now. Maybe you're just discouraged. Maybe broken relationships around you leave no logical chance in your mind to ever be restored, and you're just, you're just discouraged. I don't know what your specific struggle is today, but I know that Habakkuk was struggling. I don't know your specific needs today, but I know that Habakkuk had needs. And I don't know where you are spiritually right now, but I know Habakkuk was a prophet, and he had these thoughts and he had these issues and he penned these words can we pray together this morning and then we'll jump in to the text if you found Habakkuk yet yeah, your Bibles. dear Lord we love you today and God we come before you wanting to hear from your word wanting to learn from this man Habakkuk God we want to we want to trust you, and we want to believe, and we want for our faith to win. And God, I pray that you would help us as we walk through this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I wonder where God is. I wonder where God is. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation or a point in your life 
where if you were really honest, and this, you can't lie in church, right? So you can lie, evidently you can lie outside of church, but you can't lie in church. Um, can't lie in church. I don't know if you'd be willing, but I can say there's been, a, there's been a time or two in my life where I've had a situation face me where I've made internally that statement. I wonder where God is. Anybody else been there? I see hands all over. God, I wonder, where are you right now? God, I don't feel it. I don't feel it right now. God, I'm struggling. There's these issues left and right in my life. And I know you said I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But man, it sure feels like you have left me and you have forsaken me. I want to make some statements this morning that I, will believe, that I believe will speak directly to those who have maybe asked that question. I wonder where God is. I want us to see, first of all, this morning, that God, and there's two points to this message. It's very straightforward. Number one, God is big enough for your questions. God is big enough for your questions. Look at the book of Habakkuk. Look at chapter one, look at verse two. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear? Even cry out to you violence, and you will not save? Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore perverse judgment proceeds. What is Habakkuk saying here in these verses? He's very literally saying, God, I don't know if you understand, but there's a lot bad happening right now. There's anything negative that could be going on, it is going on right now. And Habakkuk is saying, hey, God, where are you in all of this? Where are you, God? He is very directly asking God, why are you allowing the things to happen in this life and in this nation that seem to be so negative? The strife, the iniquity, the, the violence, the contention, the wickedness that he mentions here in this passage. In a, nut, in a nutshell, Habakkuk is simply asking, God, why are you being so unfair? Where are you? God, you're allowing these things to happen to the nation of Judah, and it doesn't make sense. It's not fair. And let me, this is not the, the sermon this morning, but this is free on the side here. We don't really want life to be fair. Because if life were truly fair, we'd be in a whole lot more trouble than we are right now. So let's just take that five-year-old kid argument out of our spiritual lives about life being fair. We don't really want a fair life. For the wages of sin is... There's fair. All right, we don't want that. We don't want that. So let's just get that out of our mindset. But that was in a nutshell. That's the question that Habakkuk's saying. Like, God, all of this is happening, and like, it's not fair. What is, what is going on, and where are you? And can I say this this morning? God is big enough to listen to, to hear your questions. Your questions. God is big enough for your doubts. God is big enough for your skepticism. God is big enough for your anger. 
God is big enough for your wrestling, as Habakkuk's name means. God is big enough. And some people feel guilty for their doubts, and that turns into a faith-altering inner conflict where you don't feel like you're saved anymore because you feel so bad because you're doubting things that you've believed all your life. And others will experience these questions and these doubts and they will radically turn away from God as if God has somehow promised that they would have this perfect life and now they're not having this perfect life and so they're done with God when they have doubts. I want to show you something today by way of illustration that I believe will help you during times of questions and doubts. And I believe everyone will be able to see if I just move this over a little bit. But I'm going to use this whiteboard um, on this side, and I believe it will help us. So we have an experience, a salvation experience, whatever it may be. Are you guys good over there? A salvation experience, whatever it may be. And we begin this journey of faith. Um, and that journey would, will begin right here. And here's what happens. We have our experience with Jesus. 99 times out of 100, Jesus moves into your life. The Holy Spirit comes in. And this happens right here. The steady climb. Faith begins to rise. Life is great. You're seeing things in a whole different perspective than what you've ever seen them. The Holy Spirit is showing you things at work that you never noticed at work before. The Holy Spirit is allowing you to meet people that you had never met before. You're experiencing, you're, you're coming to church and, and you're experiencing what Lynn spoke about this morning where, man, just that spirit of worship where it's just you and God and, man, life is great. And God allows you to see a job promotion during that time and you're able to move into that bigger house at that time and... You look at your bank account and your bank account looks a whole lot better now than it did three years ago before you came to this point of belief and faith. And you're like, man, this is, this is good. And we're really quick when we see somebody out at a restaurant that we hadn't seen in a while and they're like, hey, how's everything going? Let me tell you something. God is really good. He's been really good. And we ought to say that and we ought to understand that, but God's really been good, and, and oh, really, what's been going on? Well, I, man, I, I put in for that raise, and I got that raise at work, and man, I got this off, and I got extra vacation time, and, and let me tell you something, like, it's been really, really good. We've been, we're financially planning better, and things are just going really good. How many of you, I've had points like that and times like that in my life, yeah, and praise the Lord for them, but that's what happens, and then here's what happens. Somewhere along the line, this happens. There's a crest, and there's a f the beginning of a fall. And what we face is right around here. We face what could be described as a crisis of belief. Okay, let me, let's walk through that. It is great, it is great, it is great. The Lord is blessing, the Lord is blessing, the Lord is blessing. Oh, this feels different. I'm not quite as into it as I used to be. Oh, you know what, not, I didn't, you know what, I lost that promotion that I received at work. I got, I had issues at work. Oh no, 
I go to church and I don't feel the same when we worship that I used to feel. And oh my goodness, what is happening to me? And you come to this point right here, and this is a crisis of your faith. A crisis of belief. A crisis of belief. What is going to happen from here on? How many of you have experienced something like this? Life is great, and just like if you, if you hold on to life enough, life begins to do this. And this, now we have a, a time. We have a Habakkuk time right here. This is exactly where Habakkuk was in his life. God, things were great. Things are no longer great. Life has hit me square in the nose. A couple of things happen here. A couple of things happen. One of the things we do is sometimes we go right back here, all the way back to our salvation experience, and we question whether we are truly a believer or not. Well, God, things aren't planning out, panning out the way that I thought. Did I really mean it? Did I understand what I was doing? Blah, 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 blah. And we begin to question the validity of our faith. Or we do something that's also dangerous, and we just continue to look back here, and we say, God, just give me that feeling again. God, just just put me back up here on that mountaintop again because I want to feel it again. I want to feel when everything was perfect again. I want to feel when when we sang the songs that I lifted my hands in worship and praise. Or or I want to feel it when when at night when we're reading our Bible together or when I'm reading my Bible. I want to feel it where it connects and I want to feel it. I want to feel it like I did, like I used to, like I used to, like I used to, like I used to. And neither one of those are necessarily the healthiest decisions we're going to come back to this but life is going good life crests and we face a crisis of belief life's not quite good enough anymore and who are we and what are we going to be we're going to come back and finish out the illustration as we when we close the sermon we face that crisis of belief that crisis. Some people are exposed during those crises as being a fake and a phony. Um, other people seem to push through it, and we don't really know how. We're going to hopefully find out today. But I will say this in a nutshell. When you find yourself right here, I want to give you one word. Habakkuk. While you are wrestling with your belief, embrace. Embrace him. God can handle your doubts. God can handle your wrestling. And I'm begging when you come to that point in your life where you're having a, a, a decision, there's a, life is not the way it used to be, things are negative, when you get to that point, I'm gonna, I want to beg you, to wrestle with it, but to embrace. But to embrace God while you wrestle. And while they may be, while you may be kicking and screaming, and God, I don't know why you would do this. Why would you allow this to happen in, in my life? Why would you allow me to go through this? And you're kicking and screaming, but while you're doing that through tears, you're holding on to him as tight as you can, and you're kicking and screaming, but you're holding on to him. Just like a kid. Just like a kid who's scared to death 
And maybe they've been lost and they finally find their parents and they're crying and they're angry and they're upset, but they're embracing and they're mad and they're embracing, but they're loving and they're so angry, but they love. That's what the Christian life has to look like sometimes. It's messy. It's, it's ugly. But kicking and screaming and fighting mad and not knowing and questioning God, okay, do that. But while you're doing that, Embrace him. Embrace him. Let me challenge you to do what Habakkuk did and have enough doubt to wrestle, but have enough faith to embrace. Have enough doubt to wrestle, but have enough faith to embrace. There are several people in the Bible who have experienced this tension of faith and doubt. Okay, this tension, and that's what it is it's spiritual tension. And many people in the Bible have one I want to bring out to us takes place in Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, a father deeply loves his son and this father has brought his son to the disciples of Jesus and he's requesting that his son be healed. His son apparently has some major form of demonic seizures that will leave the boy on the ground foaming at the mouth, grinding his teeth, unmovably stiff, they can't move him. A truly difficult, can you imagine as a parent, a difficult time as a parent. The disciples of Jesus try to heal the boy in Jesus' name, and, but to no avail. Uh, they can't heal him. And Jesus walks up because this man has made enough stir, there's enough people around him, both disciples and skeptics around, that there's a little crowd forming. And Jesus walks up as the man is talking to the disciples and the scribes. And the man tells Jesus of his son's condition. Here's what happens, Jesus. He has these seizures and then this happens and no one can seem to heal my son. I'm in a crisis of belief right now. God, my son, his physical needs, I don't know what to do about them. And literally, I'm looking at you, Jesus, and I'm saying, do something about this. You possess all power. So do something about it. Right? And so Jesus walks up and engages the man in conversation. And we'll pick up the story in Mark chapter 9 and verse 23. As Jesus says to the man, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Jesus in a nutshell says, Sir, I know you're doubting. I know you're angry right now. I know you're wondering what in the world is going on. But if you can believe, if you will just, through your wrestling and through your questions and through your doubting, if you will just believe, then all things are possible. So while you wrestle, just embrace. And this man responds with a brutal, honest response. And it is a response that I think embodies, truthfully, the book of Habakkuk, looking back on it. This is a verse that you have probably heard before. In verse 24, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And guys, I don't, I don't know if there's a better verse in the Bible to sum up 
what we're going to be talking about, what we are talking about than that. Lord, I believe. I do. Through tears, I believe. But help my unbelief. God, there's times when I don't feel like I do. When I don't feel like I believe. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I don't think this man theologically understood this, but what he was basically saying was, God, I, I Habakkuk right now. I Habakkuk. I embrace you, but I got to be honest. I'm still wrestling. God can handle your questions this morning. God can handle your doubts this morning. If you have had a time of questioning God and you feel guilty about that, let me say, please stop beating yourself up over questioning God. God can handle your questions. And it's okay. There's one person in this entire universe that can welcome any and every question you have, and that is your Heavenly Father and your Creator God. And so in those times where your faith is tested, in those crises in your life, those, that crisis of belief in your life, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to struggle. And it's okay to wrestle. Habakkuk asked some questions in the first four verses of chapter 1. But I want us to look at number 2 this morning. God's answers aren't always what you expect. God's answers aren't always what you expect. Look at verse 5. Look among the nations and watch, God says. His answer, be utterly astounded for I will work a work in your days which you would not believe though it were told you look among the nations and watch be utterly astounded you're about to be amazed here because I'm going to work a work in your days which you would not believe though, though I told you man that sounds good doesn't it and take that off just now there we go um, that sounds good doesn't it man God's going to do it and you know what Habakkuk's probably thinking? Yes. God heard my cry. God heard my plea. The nation is in turmoil and chaos. Destruction is all about. There is no justice. A righteous judgment is failing. God has heard. And God's about to do something that is going to just bring us up to our feet. And we're going to clap and we're going to worship and we're going to praise. And I can't wait to see how he destroys all the bad and gives all the good back to the nation of Judah. That's what it sounds like is about to happen, right? How many of us have been there in our lives? Hey, God, here's what we do. God, here are all of our problems. And P.S., here's the way you need to fix them. Hey, God, here's my problem. Fill in the blank. And by the way, God, in case you needed it, here's some help on how you need to fix them. God, here's my financial problem. So, God, let me tell you what you need to do. Hey, God, here's our relationship. Here's my relationship problem with my spouse. Here's what you need to do. God, here's my, here's my situation with my children. A wayward son or daughter. Here's a, here's, a, here's a broken relationship that I have with my brother or sister or someone in my extended family, my mother or my father. And God, here's how I need you to change them so that we can now be friends again. 
So what it sounds like is happening here that God's about to answer this just as Habakkuk would want him to answer. Unfortunately, that's not what God had planned. In fact, much the opposite. And we're not going to read through it, but verses 6 through 11 explain how God says he's going to raise up and prosper the Chaldeans. Those are the Babylonians. Those are the enemies. And God is going to raise them up. He gives no further explanation. God's going to raise them up. God is going to bless their enemies. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Habakkuk. God, you heard my cry and you heard my prayer. You're big enough to answer my questions. And here are my questions and here are my problems and here are my doubts. Now, God, here's how I need you to do it. And God says, oh, I'm going to do something. And it's going to be, people are going to be amazed at what I'm about to do. And you know what it is? It's about the exact opposite of what you would have told me to do, Habakkuk. Wait a minute, God. I don't think you get it. God, I don't know if I was clear when I express to you my feelings in my crisis of belief. But God, what I needed, and I'm going to do this in the one you can barely see. This is what I needed, God. I needed you to do this right here. Take me right back up here. In fact, we can go up here if you want. That's what I needed, God. In case you didn't know, that's what needed to happen. I had a crisis of belief. I need to go right back up. Take me now. And God says, Habakkuk, I'm going to do something. You're not going to understand it. It's actually the exact opposite. This is where Habakkuk had to understand the nature of God, his heavenly father. Habakkuk had to understand that God answers in a sovereign way, and God lives knowing everything as an all-knowing God. And there's a much larger master plan that's out there. You see, in 600 years, there was going to be a Savior, and his name was going to be Jesus. God had a master plan. God knew what was going to happen to both the northern and the southern kingdom. And Habakkuk didn't understand it, but God truly was doing an unbelievable work. He just wasn't doing it exactly how and when Habakkuk thought. You see, God wanted Habakkuk in that crisis of belief. God wanted him to continue in his struggle. God wanted him, instead of moving up, this is actually what God wanted for Habakkuk. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He needed Habakkuk and the nation of Judah to continue to hit that valley. And I'm not here to re-preach Psalm 23. The very first sermon series we did in October, I think we started in November of 2017, we were, we were a lot smaller than we are now. The place looked a lot different than we are. But if you want to go back and listen to those sermons, I would encourage you. We did eight weeks in Psalm 23. I'm not here to re-preach that. 
But though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. God gets closer to people right here. He gets closer to people than right here. It's documented all over Scripture. It's documented everywhere. God becomes more real and closer, and He becomes a a more obvious part of your life right here than He ever did up here. And you know what the unexpected answer was for Habakkuk? Listen, I know you're having a crisis of belief right now. I know, I know you seek for the better days, or what you think are the better days. But I want to continue to take you guys, by raising up your enemies, I want to continue to take you on this journey. On this journey. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. My cup runneth over. We face times of valleys and mountains and valleys and mountains. And can I just say that when we're in this moment and we've crested the hill and we know we're about to hit a valley, that we believe while we wrestle. That while we wrestle with God and we say, God, I don't know what's going to happen down here. And I'll be honest with you, God, I don't want to really experience it. I'm wrestling against you. But while I'm wrestling against you, I'm embracing you. I'm holding on to you in faith. That I know what you have planned for me is in your sovereign will. You see, Habakkuk didn't know. Habakkuk had no idea. Habakkuk thought that right here, when he penned those uh, first four verses of the chapter one, he thought God was going to take him right back up. He thought he was going to take care of all the situations and all the issues, and that wasn't God's plan. God's plan was, we still got some valley. We've still got some valley. Let me say this this morning. If you're in a valley then you are in the exact spot that God wants you to draw closer to Him. If you're having a struggle of your belief, I don't feel this Christianity thing. I don't feel it right now. Can I just say, keep holding on. Keep holding on. Keep embracing. Hey, wrestle. Yes, please, wrestle. But embrace. Embrace. Habakkuk, wrestle and embrace. You know why? Because God can handle your doubts. God can handle your doubts. And God will forever hold on to you and your embrace. Will forever hold on. I want you and everyone here to understand that we are a church that will welcome the doubts. We understand that life Life is horrible sometimes. And we want to be here with you through those doubts and through those questions and through those difficulties. That's why God put us here. I wish every Sunday we came in like this right here. 
I wish we did. Let's face it. Some Sundays you show up to church, you ain't feeling it up here, are you? No, sometimes you come into church and you're like stumbling in. It's like you've had to climb that hill right there to get to church. Hey, can I be real? Some Sundays I come in right there ready to preach, ready to charge hell with a squirt gun, ready to roll. Okay? Other Sundays, it's like, God, help me climb this hill here. What's the hill? Preaching my sermon. (laughs) Help me climb it. You know, at the end of the day, that's why we are here. I'm not much of a mountain climber. I know that comes as a surprise to many of you. Um, In fact, I've yet to climb a legitimate mountain before. I've made up a couple of hills and stopped for water, and it's been great. Can I be very practical? Because I told you it was going to be practical. Can I be very practical? I wonder where you are, God. I wonder. By the way, next week, we're going to talk about another W word, wait. It's another one. It's a good one. I wonder where you are, God. Let me, can I be very practical? As we are on this journey of life, if you're climbing the mountains and going down in the valleys of life, it's a lot safer if you're with a team. Listen, I, I promise you, I will never in my life climb a mountain by myself. I will promise you that. But I tell you what, if 10 people from our church said, hey, listen, we're going to do a challenge. We're going to get together and we're going to, we're going to climb this mountain. We're going to train a little bit for it and we're going to climb this mountain on such and such a date and we're going to do it as a team. That suddenly becomes a little bit more real. And so then when we get right here and we're struggling to get up the hill, we got nine other people that are like, come on, you got it. Here, you can drink some of my water. Come on, we got it. We just got a little, more, a little bit more to go. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And then we start coming to, oh, no, we're heading down to this valley. Oh, my goodness, no, I'm done. I'm tapping out, calling in. No, 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 you can't. Come on, keep on going. We're going to finish. It's just a little bit further. Come on. Hey, listen, our, in our spiritual lives, there's a reason why I'll make, I'll make fun of this cult. CrossFit is so, is so popular right now. Silence over there. You know, there's a reason why CrossFit's so popular. It isn't that the, the workouts that they do are just like, you know, no one has ever in the world ever thought about doing that before. Now, you know what most of it is? My buddies are in this thing with me. Hey, I signed, I, look, I'm on this, this is my team. Listen, that's what the church is. That's what Keystone Church is. And so when you're doubting, and if you're doubting, please, I want to beg you, and we're done. If you're doubting this morning, please do not use your doubts as your excuse to pull away from your family of faith. In fact, on the flip side, make those doubts your reason for pulling in tighter to your family of faith. Because you're not going to be judged here. We're not going to be like, oh, hey, did you guys hear? No, 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 no. It's going to be, come on, let's embrace. You can wrestle. Let's embrace. Here, look, we'll help you. You're right here. Don't give up. Don't give up just because we're heading this way. Don't give up because God's going to bring us out. We're going to get close to him right here. We're going to experience God in a different way than we've ever experienced him. It's going to be great. Honestly, this valley is going to be good for us spiritually. We're going to experience him in a different way. I promise. Just hold on. Just keep going. Just keep going. 
this morning, I, I spoke to those who I would say are believers, but they're just struggling with doubt. But if you experience this right here, and you've never had a true salvation experience down here, then life really is about to get crazy. And I want to say this this morning, and we'll close with this. Habakkuk was a prophet of God that was struggling and dealing with this stuff. If you are not sure that you're a believer, a true believer, and you're struggling with all this stuff, man, life, let me tell you something. I don't want to go at it alone like that. I don't want to go at it alone like that. If there's never been a time where you began your relationship with Jesus Christ, that means repenting of your sin. That means repenting of your way. That, rem- that means understanding and comprehending and acknowledging to God that, that anything you could do is never going to be good enough to earn his acceptance. Because we're sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there's a penalty for our sin. The wages of sin is death. And so somebody's got to pay for that sin. The finished product of that verse is for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. This morning, if you've never experienced this right here, that is the gift of God through Jesus Christ. That's eternal life. That's salvation. That's making him your personal Lord and Savior. Can I say that's where we need to start? That's where we need to start. Listen, it doesn't matter how much money you give to the church. It doesn't matter how often you come to church. It doesn't matter how kind you are to that mean neighbor down the street from you. It doesn't matter how many people you let in uh, in front of you at the grocery store. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how kind you are. It doesn't matter if you've never surrendered your soul to Jesus. It is the most important element of what we talked about today. This has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. For more information about Keystone Church, visit keystonerdu.church. Please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.